back to the text, Matthew 16, verse number 2. He answered and said to them, weather for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites. And I don't want to. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have taken no bread? How many know that Jesus can speak right to you and sometimes you don't understand what he's saying? We need to listen intently and really grasp hold of what he's saying to us. Verse number 8 said, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith! Why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves or the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? Why are you worrying about bread? I'm not talking about bread right here. Hallelujah. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I want to preach for a few moments with the subject. Unlocking and opening up heaven. Hallelujah. Unlocking and opening up heaven. I want you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I praise you for who you are. But, Father, we thank you for the word that it's anointed today, Lord. It's already going forth, cutting like a two-edged sword. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, right now to anoint these lips of clay that I may speak the utterance that you've given me, Father. In boldness in the Holy Spirit, Lord, Lord, that these people will understand and grasp what you're saying to us today. I'm asking you to open our ears and our eyes to hear, to see what you would have to say to us. Father, anoint us today. Let your Holy Spirit flow through this building, Father. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord, disrupt our life, interrupt our lives, and speak to us, Lord, what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From the beginning... I preached a few weeks ago about the kingdom of God. may have been a couple months ago, but from the beginning, God intended for us to be kingdom people. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. The apostles preached the kingdom of God. Someone might think, how do we know that God intended for us to have the kingdom mentality? I want to show you through the word. When we break the word kingdom down, we see that king means rule. Dom, D-O-M, means domain or dominate. All right? In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 28, God said, I want you to dominate or have dominion over or to subdue. How many has that in their Bible? It's in there. 
King James, Genesis 1 and 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. He created you to be a kingdom person. He created you to be a kingdom person. He didn't create you just to ride the waves and let it take you wherever you want. The winds blow and you go wherever you want. He wants you to... He wants us to be kingdom people. Dominate, dominion, subdue. God intended for us to have dominion. For us to rule things and for things not to rule us. Wow. How many know that things can rule us if we're not careful? God made no mistake. His whole theology was that we would rule and reign with him. He said, Adam, I'll bring my creation to you, and whatever you call it, that's what it's going to be. Man got to name all the animals. Man got to say what was what. Why? Because God gave that power to him. God gave him that authority. We were brought here to control, to dominate, or to rule the earth. A few weeks ago, I told you there was a difference between kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a place. The first heaven is our immediate atmosphere. The second heaven is what we call outer space, the sun, the moon, the stars. The third heaven is what we call paradise. It's God's home. Now, the kingdom of God is different from the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, according to the scripture, is the dominion within the believer. In God's word, Luke chapter 17, verse number 20 says, The Pharisees asked Jesus when the kingdom of God would come, and he answered them, People can't observe the coming of the kingdom of God. They can't say, here it is, or there it is. You see, the kingdom of God is within you. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. All right? The kingdom of God is God reigning and ruling in the believer. How many believers do we have in the house? The kingdom of God is in you. If you're a believer, the kingdom of God is in you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when you pray, there's a way to pray. How many knows that? You wonder, Pastor, why are you talking so fast? Why are you going fast? This is the largest message I've ever preached in my life. I've got to go quick. The Bible says that when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. In other words, bring his kingdom to earth. Anything that's messing with your destiny... Bring kingdom down on it. Anything that's messing in your life right now, bring kingdom down on it. You have the power, you have the authority to bring kingdom down on it. Hallelujah. When you pray, say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It must mirror what is happening in the heavens. When the believer speaks and believing the word of God. And when kingdom comes, that's the time you can ask for daily bread. How many needs daily bread? 
God knows we need daily bread. God doesn't want us to have that stale stuff. How many likes croutons? I don't want a crouton and peanut butter jelly sandwich. I want fresh. I want fresh bread. I want fresh bread. Amen. God doesn't want us to ask for stale stuff. We need daily bread, something that will be fresh. We need something that's refreshing to our lives. Hallelujah. Back to the beginning of our text. Jesus is now having a conversation with his disciples after the Pharisees and Sadducees grouped together to ask Jesus a question. How many know the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not like each other? But here they are teaming up to ask Jesus a question. The crazy thing about it, they, they just don't like each other, but they still join together to come against Jesus. I found out that's the way people like to behave. They like to partner up with people to go against something. Right or wrong, they like to partner up to go against something. You have some folks that don't like each other, but because they don't like you, they don't like me, they don't like TFT, they will join with someone else that doesn't like you, that doesn't like me, that doesn't like TFT. They will. There's people that know how to connect with other evil people. Spirits are drawn together. Just trying to pull us down. Two people may not like each other at all, but they'll come together to try to get you to fail. How many knows misery loves company? I didn't ask for permission to share this story, but I've had someone tell me over and over and over in their lives, every time they get together with their family, they try to get them to fall back into the same old sins they come out of. They try to pull. They try to encourage. They try to get you to do something you're not supposed to be doing because you're a believer. You have Jesus on the inside. He does not want us to sin. He does not want us to fail. But they keep pulling on you because they don't like the what you become. Lord, help us. They want you to fall back into the same rut that they're in or that you came out of. They'll come together to criticize you. Sometimes there are also so-called Christians doing this. And I say so-called Christians because true believers, true Christians, true walking like Christ, we want to be like Jesus, would not be doing this. Can I tell you, don't worry about them people. Don't worry about them people. When you first see it, sometimes it may be confusing to you, but don't worry about it. I know they don't like each other, but all of a sudden they have become friends overnight. What we have to realize is just give it time. Just give it time. They're going to turn on each other. <laughs> They're going to turn on each other. One of the greatest revelations we can have is to stop worrying about haters. Pastor, they're saying some bad things about you. They're saying some bad things about this church. They're saying some bad things about me. Stop worrying about them. Stop listening to it. Stop worrying about what they have to say. They don't have anything to say that's of any credit. Stop listening to them saying you can't make it. You won't conquer it. You won't succeed. You're not good enough. You're a fake Christian. God doesn't love you. How many's heard that before? God, God doesn't love you. You're not perfect. I'd say to all these things, you're correct. I'm not perfect. He still loves me, though. Hallelujah. Don't give them the time of day. Don't give them any thought in your day. Stop talking about them. Just leave them to time. Time is a revealer. 
Sometimes all you have to do is sit there and watch what's going on. And you're going to find out it's going to turn into disaster for them. They don't like you. They're fighting you. They want you to come over to their side of thinking. Let me tell you, this may not be for you today. But for all of you who want to grasp this today, this is going to be an awesome. This is going to be a life-changing event. This scripture right here is for you right now. This is for all those that have battled in spiritual warfare and pursued our enemy. That's been in a fight before, and you know what it is to fight. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Give it time. Give them time. They'll begin to turn on each other. They didn't like each other from the beginning. They only came together because of you. Can I tell you that's how powerful you are? When you get ganged up on, that's how powerful you are. Does that know what it feels like being ganged up on sometimes? That's the way I get to feeling sometimes. God, what in the world? He's, don't give them the time of day. Stop thinking about it. Don't worry about it. Focus. Magnify me. Stop magnifying that. Magnify me. Hallelujah. That shows how powerful we are in Christ. All the haters and all the demons have to come together to try to fight you. But they won't win. Stand your ground. Hold on to what God's promised you. Hallelujah. Looking back to the text, we see that they were just trying to trip him up. They're trying to tempt him. And Jesus embarrassed them. He did. He embarrassed them. So now we move to chapter 5 where Jesus is training his disciples. And Jesus said to his disciples, beware of the leaven. He didn't say be careful of their doctrine. He said beware of the leaven. A few weeks ago, I reminded you your Bible was written legalistically and agriculturally. It helps you to understand the Word of God when you know them two things. Talks about the law. Talks about farming. Agriculture. Here we see he is speaking to the disciples again, trying to help them fully understand what's going on. He doesn't talk about their doctrine. He says to be careful of the leaven. For those of you who understand about leaven, maybe because you cook or you bake... That's not me. You understand there's two kinds of flour. A self-rising flour and a plain flour. Self-rising flour is a flour that rises. Jesus is saying these people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these people, beware of them because they are leaven. If you don't know already, this may sound mean, but I'm just going to tell you, if you don't know already, the leaven is yeast. Okay? And what you may not know is yeast is like a bacteria. Yeast is a fungus. What's Jesus saying here? That's some tough word. I thought hypocrites was pretty bad. Now he's calling them fungus. Beware of the fungus. Be aware of these people that's like bacteria. Oh, my word. Jesus was saying, beware of the bacteria. Beware of the fungus. He was calling these two groups of people fungus and bacteria. He was saying if they get themselves attached to you, just like the flour does and the yeast does, it'll start pulling you out of shape. 
What does yeast do when it gets with the flour? It starts raising, it starts getting out of shape. I'm telling you what, this excited me. Jesus is such a great communicator. I love the way he speaks. He's saying to these two groups of people, they're like bacteria or fungus. The Pharisees are the interpreters of the law. They sit in the Sanhedrin court. He's saying be careful of those legalistic people who will control you by legalism and tell you what you can and cannot do. They'll use scripture to try to bind you. He's saying beware of them. These spirits are still in the church today. Does that mean Christians don't have to hold a godly standard? Pastor, we're, because we're not under the law, we can go ahead and sin, right? Is that, is that what it means? In Paul's words, God forbid. Listen to this, Romans 6 and 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being, a, as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. Hallelujah. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. God forbid. God forbid, absolutely not. Just because you're living in a day of, of, of grace does not mean you can go ahead and just sin and it's okay. God's going to wink at it. It's, it's all right. You can do that. Absolutely not. That's not what we're saying here. But we still have to be careful of the leaven. We have to be careful of those that don't want a move of God. What I found out, two different things happen. When God starts calling you into the deep, you either run or you jump in. There's no in-between. You either run or you jump in. Let me tell you, there's a lot of runners today. There's a lot of runners today. They don't want to dig into what God has for them. They don't want to go further in God. They want to run and see if they can find an easier church to go to, an easier doctrine to live by, an easier word of God to read and adapt to. Lord, help us. We have to be careful about those that want to quench the Spirit. Don't listen to the fungus. Don't listen to the fungus. Just because we haven't seen God move a certain way doesn't mean he's restricted to an old way. God has more than one way of moving and manifesting, but it will still be his spirit and his power and his presence. Things has changed from the 60s, the 50s. They rolled up their pants. They showed their white socks. Rolled up their sleeves. Put the pack of cigarettes in there. Greased back their hair. I don't see too many people walking around like that anymore. Things changed. The power of God was still the same then. It's still the same today. Methods may have changed, but it's still the power and the presence of God that's going to change people's lives. When we're trying to move in the supernatural, the haters will want to cut off and say, we don't do it that way in our church. They want to question, why are we doing this and why are we doing that? We never did it like this before. We didn't do this in our last church. We didn't do it like this in our last church. They wanted to add the Word of God to their own ideas. This is the Pharisees. They wanted to add even more laws to what they were doing. Well, Pastor, it doesn't make sense to me what you're doing. 
We never gave laundry soap out to reach the lost in the past. If you don't know, I'll just let you know, the Lord has blessed us. We have 600 gallons of laundry detergent, liquid laundry detergent, sitting outside this door that we're given to the community. Well, Pastor, I've never seen laundry detergent clean up any sinner. Laundry detergent clean up anybody. But Jesus will clean up the sinner. Amen. And if we can reach the lost through whatever tool that we have in our hands, we're going to use that tool. Pastor, we've never fed the families of a special needs baseball team like we did this past Friday. That's odd. I don't know if that's of God. Pastor, we've never had a month of Wednesday nights with guest speakers and called it revival. Pastor, we didn't have to fast at our other church. Pastor, we never had a fall festival in our other church. That's Halloween. That's the devil's night. Well, you may give the devil that night, but we don't. We refuse to give up any day because God says that he made the days. <laughs> he made the days. He made the light. He made the dark. And he called it all good. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's still God's day. Pastor, we didn't have to transform our community in the past. We just came to church. We were comfortable. We had heat. We had air. We, we had a soft message. Father, we, 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 or, Pastor, we didn't have to do this. And I'm not talking about you. You've had some good pastors here. But that's the thinking that gets in our minds sometimes. Can I tell you, it's not about the candy. It's not about the bounce house. It's not about laundry detergent. It's about showing the love of God and sharing the good news of Jesus when we have the opportunities in our outreaches. Anything that will draw a crowd to get them here is that we can share the good news. That's what we want to do. You know, that's part of the go. And we're getting them to come to us. See, we want to eliminate that goal. I don't, I don't want to just go out and go witnessing. And, you know, if I took a poll right here and you raised your hand and said, how many times you went out and took a day and said, this is the day I'm just going to go out and I'm going to look for somebody to witness to, I'm afraid there wouldn't be any hands come up. Pastor, you're being mean today. The Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't like the ministry of Jesus. Who are the Sadducees? They don't believe in the resurrection. Can I put it like this? They don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in the supernatural. There's too many church people nowadays that don't believe in the supernatural. Oh, that was in the Bible. That may have happened back then. It doesn't happen nowadays. That's, that's not for this church. Wrong. Wrong. Anytime that something happens that they can't work out in their head or they don't understand, they say it wasn't from God or that was just spooky. That's not of God. This is not of God. That's not right. This is not right. It all starts because they don't believe that someone can come back to life. Hallelujah. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in signs and wonders. They, they're called Sadducees and Jesus called them fungus. I know you're probably thinking, Pastor, do you really call you? I'm telling you, that's what it means. I was just as happy when I seen it, too. I was like, that's pretty cool. Have them in the church. 
Every time there's a move of God, they'll try to shut everything down. How many has been in a church service and the spirit began to move and all of a sudden it just felt like something quenched the spirit. Something went on and you're just like, I felt like God wanted to do more. He wanted to go farther. He wanted to take us farther. These people refuse to move in the spirit. These people don't want revival. Beware of the bacteria. Beware of the fungus. The fungus, the bacteria, the yeast has no power when it's on, a, when it's, on its own. Yeast only works when it's attached to something. Then from fermentation starts. Some people have no power until they attach themselves to you. God help us. Leaven only starts fermenting when it's put into the oven. It has to be close to some fire. You wonder why the devil comes against you when you're on fire, when you're having revival, when you're doing something? is because yeast has to have the fire to keep going. For that bacteria to work, for that fungus to work, it has to have the fire. It's wanting to get close to you. That's why you have to be careful who's around you when you're on fire for God. Be careful who's around you when you're in revival. Not everyone is around you because they like you. It's because they're trying to ferment by your fire and push you into a place where you lose who you are in Christ Jesus. I want to go on to the story. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the region of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15 says, and he said to them, but who do you say I am? Jesus is clever. He is. He's he's very clever. He's asking a question that he already knows the answer to. He knows it all, does he not? Who do men say that I am? Well, the disciples start listing what they've heard. I believe the reason Jesus is asking this question, though, is because he wants them, he wants to know who their influences are. Because whoever you're listening to, whoever is influencing you, whoever you're talking to, that's going to be your influence. I believe Jesus wanted to find out who's our influence today. Because there's some of us, there's some of us, certain people can tell us certain things. But some of us have such an understanding of order that if someone tried to talk about your leaders, you'd shut them down. You'd tell them, I'm not going to listen to it. How many knows that's the way you'll shut up a gossip every time? They'll shut their mouth when you won't hear it. They'll walk away from it. They they don't want to hear it. I'm going to tell you what you're doing. You're heaping coals on them too. I'm just going to tell you that. And guess what else is going to happen? They're going to go back to all the other gossipers and tell them, don't mess with them. They're not even going to hear you. They're not going to listen to you. Well, I know that's not the biggest amen, but it's still the truth. So Jesus is trying to find out a couple things about their influences. Who do men say that I am? John the Baptist, his cousin, talking about someone that's already dead, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. 
Jesus trying to check out their influences. And the next verse, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And they had this list beforehand. The verse before that, they had a list of people they wanted to say. But all of a sudden, it goes silent right here. Because of the verse before that said, they said John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah. Now, it's silent except for one voice. Jesus is trying to find out if the bacteria or fungus has affected his disciples. Then Peter opened his mouth. Do you understand Peter is not the smartest one? Who is crazy? He sees the ghost and said, Jesus, is that you? Just tell me I'm going to walk out of this boat. That's pretty stupid. He's always shooting off his mouth. He's always doing things in the flesh. Cut off people's ears. I mean, this is, this is Peter. Did Peter open his mouth? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter recognized who Jesus was. It wasn't in his flesh. It was from his spirit that he knew this. It was something that God spoke to him. We have to recognize who Jesus is. Matthew 16, 17 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter was not that smart. He couldn't figure that out on his own. I want you to get this today. Listen to this. Simon means hearer or listener. Bar means son of. And Jonah, of course, was his father. But the name Jonah means dove. What Jesus is really saying is, hear me, son of the dove. And what does the dove represent? The Holy Spirit. Hear me, son of the Holy Spirit. Hear me, hear me child of God. What you said is not flesh and blood, but you tapped into something by the Holy Spirit. You tapped into something from God himself. He revealed this to you. What Jesus is saying, I'm no longer calling you Simon, but I'm calling you Peter. And I also say that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. I want to release a word into this house today. Whatever's been prevailing in your life when you walked into here today and it's not from God. It's going to fail from this day forward. It's going to fail. It's not going to prevail. It's going to fail. Hallelujah. From this day forward. Whatever the enemy has planned to prevail and to be shut down in your life, we're shutting him down today. Not only will the gates of hell not prevail, but I'm getting ready to give you the keys of the kingdom is what Jesus is saying. What are the keys for? To unlock things. How many have keys with them today? Even if they look like this, it's still a key. You have to have it to push the button in your car. Keys are for unlocking things. Keys are for things to unlock something that's been shut, that's been locked. To unlock things that's locked. To open things that have been closed. To crack light into places that have been dark. 
Matthew 16 and 19, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You can't start your car without the keys. God's saying, I'm getting ready to open up things that have been closed to us for years. And this is how it works. Get the keys because we're about to get access like we've never experienced before. If you'll grasp this today, you're going to get keys today. You've never had access to this before. Hallelujah. This is not a name it and claim it message today. This is standing on the Word of God and practicing the Word of God. Supernatural breakthrough happens when we use the keys. Supernatural miracles happen when we use the keys. Supernatural spiritual healings happen when we use the keys. Healing of our mind, healing of our bodies, healing of relationships, healing of finances, healing, and favor being brought into our lives and flow through our lives when we use the keys. Hallelujah. We've been waiting for things to happen, and I believe the Lord is saying, take the keys and don't open up. Open up what is yours today. Pastor, how do I do that? How do you bind something? How do you lose something? Here it is. Open up your mouth and start speaking to the atmosphere. Open your mouth and start declaring. The sermon I preached a few months ago was talking about decree a thing. Open your mouth. Use the power and the authority God give you. Ministering. We should be ministering with our mouth. Opening our mouth not only to others, but even to ourselves and our families. We need to tell the devil to get out of my house. Tell the devil, get out of my house. Verbalize it. Let him hear it. Let it hit the atmosphere. Get out of my house. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my family. Get out of my job. I bring heaven down to earth today. I bind the devil, and if I bind him here on earth, it's bound in heaven. And if I loose money, joy, happiness on earth, my health, money, joy, and happiness is loosed in heaven. Jimmy Swagger said, Christ has given us the authority and the power to every believer to bind Satan and his minions of darkness, and to do so by using the name of Jesus. We loose the power of God according to the name of Jesus. This is the authority of the believer, and that was the end of the quote. The keys to the kingdom is using the name of Jesus and speaking it out of your mouth. If you want to change to come to your life, first you have to be a believer. You have to be a Christian. You have to give your life to God. You don't hold any keys unless he holds your heart. You must be saved. How do I do that, preacher? Romans, 9, or Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're a believer in the house today and you want to use these keys, it's simple. Open up your mouth and decree a thing. Speak a thing. Declare a thing. Profess a thing prophesy prophesy over it Romans 4:17 says that is as it is as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him 
whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Hallelujah. Your mouth releases whatever you say. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't walk out here and say, well, this Toyota Corolla is now a Corvette. I don't believe that. I believe in the spirit realm you can speak to things that are going on in your life today. You don't know how much power you have in your mouth. Some people's proud of their mouth. Man, I can cuss with the best of them. I can do this. I can do that. I told them off. Why don't you put your mouth to some good use? Speak Jesus. You don't know how dangerous your mouth is. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And when you speak, you will have the fruit thereof. In other words, what you're saying is going to bring forth fruit. That's why you got to be careful about what you're saying. If you're being negative about things, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. It is going to happen to you because you spoke it into existence. Would you stand with me? I want everyone that will to gather around the altars today. You can kneel. You can stand. It doesn't matter. We're about to sing this song, and it's just become my anthem. Speaks to me every time I hear it. I hear the intro to it, and my heart just starts ready to cry. We're going to start speaking and declaring things we need in our life. Speaking the spiritual things in our life. While you're speaking these things today, you don't have to sing the song. Start speaking the things in your life. If you need God, you need to be close. Everybody needs to be closer to God. That's the first thing we need to speak. God, I'm getting closer to you. Father, I need a better job. Father, I need my relationship healed with my, my father, my mother, my kids. Father, start speaking these things into the atmosphere. Stop being quiet with our mouth. Don't let the... I should have had a picture up here with the tape over our mouth because that's what the Satan wants to do. Paul and Silas is in prison and they're bound in chains. They're locked up. They're in this, uh, this sewer hole and here they are. The worst thing that they did to them they didn't tape their mouth so they could still praise. They could still worship God and they begin to praise in the midnight hour chains were broke off because of their praise because they were decreeing a thing. They were saying a thing we need to understand the power of our mouth and what we say. So if you need something here today, I'm asking you to activate it by speaking it out of your mouth, telling God exactly what you need, but speak it into the atmosphere so the atmosphere knows, the devil's knows, the demon knows exactly where you're coming from. It's time to stand up and say, I'm for Jesus. I'm not riding the middle line anymore. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I'm not worried about offending the devil. I'm going to tell him where to go. Well, I don't want to talk about the devil because I'm afraid he'll get after me. Stop being afraid of something God's already conquered. Father, right now, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your anointing. I ask you, Lord, to move on these people. Lord, as we get ready to decree a thing, we begin to say some things. We're going to use the keys to the kingdom. We're going to open up heaven today, Father, and speak things into the atmosphere, Father, that you're your power and your authority has been given to us. Speak the simplest of things. 
but it's the greatest of things, and that's Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.